Welcome. Another episode. Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Jordan Hagedorn. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about Brett Favre, who uh, has uh, many passionate fans, but uh, as an iconic Green Bay Packer, this being recorded in Dallas, Texas, uh, his he does have fans in Dallas, Texas too. But but he was uh, you know the Cowboys shot him down and he shot down the Cowboys. You know they went back and forth uh, for many years. But uh, welcome Jordan and uh, welcome listeners. Welcome uh, thank you to the sponsors Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Huggins and Scott Heritage Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Upper Deck, Tops and Panini. Thanks to the sponsors, uh, Brett Favre has an impact on all the sponsors. Every sponsor has made money off Brett Favre. Mike grades them, ComC sells them, Heritage and Huggins Scott, they certainly sell them. Uh, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards and uh, Burbank and then Topps Panini and Upper Deck have found a way to make products. So, but you have certain one, you have a huge collection, but you also you also have uh, favorites. So, how did you get started on Brett Favre to the, I mean, it sounds like he was in a, since you're from Wisconsin, we found that out. Uh, but there's other guys from Wisconsin. Yeah, Brett Favre to me is he's my favorite athlete of all time. And growing up in Wisconsin, you have to be a Packer fan for the most part, right? They became, or leave leave the state. True. Yeah. And, and if you're a Viking fan, you get booed a lot. So well, what did, what happened when Favre went to that Minnesota? was tough. That's, that's, that's for another day. I mean, right? did, well, did you did you uh, did you have a heartburn about that? I stayed loyal to the Packers. I watched Favre. I cheered for him personally, but could not cheer for the Vikings. But yeah. I love Brett as a person too. He seems like a, a nice guy and just. Kind of a crazy dude, and always tried to find his way. And, and you did mentioned well. uh, gunslinger, but you know, I always thought that's what made me nervous. Eli Manning kind of had the same kind of thing: is that when they throw an interception, the next series when they went out there, they had no memory of that. They would just still, perhaps even force things into coverage. It's safe to because say Brett has a short memory. He had a short sure. memory for uh, because he, he he was not perfect, but he was he he, he never lacked confidence never. in his ability to thread the needle. And you didn't know if he'd had four interceptions or three touchdowns. or But whenever you went on the field, you didn't know what would happen. And that's what made it so compelling, I feel like, was when yeah. Brett was on the field, you had a chance. That's what made him a good quarterback, I think, because when you're when you're uh, back there, if you've got to think about it of, hey, oh, maybe he'll intercept this. or I mean, you just got to pull the trigger. And he was great at that. He was not afraid. I mean, he was somebody that commanded the huddle. He commanded attention from the other team to scheme against him, but there's nothing you could do because he was so crazy. There was just nothing you could possibly do. But he had some great weapons over the years, Antonio Freeman, Robert Brooks, and Dorsey Levins, Edgar Bennett back in the day as running backs, and then Reggie White on the other side of the ball. But those years when Favre, I got into collecting Favre in 1994 when I was a kid, when I was nine, and then I was fortunate enough to meet him when yeah. I was 10 in 95, yeah. and that changed everything for me. That was a catalyst. He was in the middle of his MVP season. And from there, I was fine as cards here. I had 1994 score. I remember pulling out of a pack and some of his, my favorite cards of his are some of these base cards, Skybox Premium and yeah. SP and some of these. And my collection as a kid was not great, but it was... Condition-wise? No, I loved it. Just mainly base cards? Just quality base cards. Not a lot of inserts. Yeah. I mean, Favre was red hot, so his inserts were expensive. Um, and your only avenue was to go to the card, card shop, shop where the regional premiums were probably pretty Yep, that's exactly high. right. And so then eventually I had a, I still had my binder, my original binder from when I was a kid, but my collection was just a lot of base cards. But I got back into collecting in 2014, and then I started hunting down some of the Favre inserts, which were still pretty affordable. Uh, and then I got into some of the whales, some of the big cards, the PMGs and the rubies. And did you get them before they went to, took off like a rocket? I did. I, did. I was very fortunate. You know, the market has gone up on a lot of those cards, but I got back into the time where I, I remember those cards were amazing and unattainable and I, some of them I didn't even know existed because I'd never seen them. But then well, as you get back into they're it, tough. Uh, they're and they're really gorgeous tough, cards. Yeah. yeah, it's like a needle in a haystack. Were you getting them on eBay? or where were you uh, I found them? a private collector who had some Favre's, and then he had some friends who had some of them. And 
Um, we met up at one point and, and I offered him a price for a few of them. And he was actually a big source. A guy named Brent was a source of me hmm. getting quite a few of them. You know, in the price guides back in the day, Brett Favre in those mid late 90 sets was roughly equal and equivalent to Marino and Elway. Compare and contrast that. Did you, did you see it that way or did you see Favre above? He was younger than those guys. Yeah, you had tears. And they right? were already established, but he, he was frequently about the same price in the, once they got through their, you know, into the. I would say Favre range. was even higher at one point. 95, 96, 97. He won back to back to back MVPs. He was the face of Skybox, if you remember that. And they put him on all the packaging and right. he had some of the hard inserts. And I remember his rookie card, his stadium club rookie in the 92 stadium club. Those were sky high. And I would argue they were about the same, if not higher than the Elway Marino tops rookies and even the Jerry Rice rookie. And so for a while, I think Favre was the hottest guy in football in the hobby. And so you're right. There were the regional premiums of at the card shop. They were full, they were selling for full Beckett. And as you remember, a lot of shops would be half Beckett. But in that case, a lot of the Favre's were premium. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Um, you know, Joe Montana is was amazing. But it's kind of hard to separate. Uh, well, Steve Young was amazing. But both those guys benefited from some Jerry Rice action. And uh, I guess Peyton Manning benefited from Martin Harrison. But... I can't think of the one main receiver for Favre or the one main running back. You know, here in Dallas, you had Troy and Emmett and Michael Irvin, and they made beautiful music in, in those 90s, actually. Yeah, that's a great we're point. Talking about. That so, really is a great So point. maybe Favre was, the, was absolutely the key because Troy was great, Emmett was great, Michael Irvin, but you don't say, hey, Troy was the whole deal or Emmett was the whole deal. They were legitimate, strong Hall of Famers. Sure. But I think they fed could... off each other, but Favre was was the man, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the guy. I mean, he was the leader of the pack, as they said, and he was somebody that really was a one-man show, but he had a lot of great role players, and he did really have great receivers. Antonio Freeman, Robert Brooks, he had Mark Chamura as a tight end. Those running backs, Levins and Edgar Bennett, were yeah. really solid, but they weren't those big-name guys, to your point. But nobody spanned the whole no, time. No, they didn't, and that was the thing. You know, Even later in Favre's career, you had Greg Jennings and some of these players that Donald Driver So I'm just thinking up. maybe he made them. That's what I'm thinking. I think they made each other, and I think that, yeah. as you know, like any good team, you could say the same about Marino. He never really had those big-name guys. I think John Elway had Terrell Davis, but it was Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey. They weren't big names, but they were guys that he had in the late 90s. I'm just, you're right. My point is, I think Troy was, if in doubt, handed off to Emmett in, in, you know, in their, in their Super Bowl times. Brett Favre and, you know, and Elway was, was great and Marino was great. Marino maybe a little bit more like that. If in doubt, Brett Favre threw it. Yeah. And so if you're a receiver, you're going out thinking this ball might be coming to me. And if I'm even slightly open, he's not even going to give a second thought. He's going to zip it to me. I better be ready. And I think that that that's that's positive. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, they he had a lot of great role players and guys that were really great athletes. He, I'm sure, made them millionaires by getting new deals. And he was somebody that was going to be the pillar of the Packers. And then they would bring in guys around him for sure. And I guarantee when they went to either draft a guy or sign a free agent, they said, ooh, he'll be great with Brett. Okay. Now, on the card front, because this is Sports Card Insights, do you make, if it's a $100 card, you'd rather have the $100 card that's the rare insert than the hundred dollar card. That's the, uh, the, the low numbered, uh, serial numbered thing. Sure. I, I don't collect modern far. So I only okay. collect 1991 to 2000. Uh, I think that was the best era of cards of all time. Okay. Um, I respect Panini and a lot of the one of ones and all the flashy stuff now, but I do not personally collect that. Would so you take it. I would take it. It's fun to look at. So you have 12,000 different or 12,000. Um, it's total? probably about 8,000 different. But and it's all in the decade of the 90s. Yes, for the most part. I have I'm I have a lot of Favre cards. Just a lot of 
obscure stuff and but all they're the classic. Not, they're and, not all different. Eight thousand different. And um, I do have a bunch gosh, of modern. I will say I have a bunch of modern that I pulled in that I got in lots. So when I bought a lot on eBay, I have a lot of that. So I would say there. I still do have a lot of those. I just don't seek those out. Um, and I'm still sorting those and trying to figure out what I want to do with those. But do you have a want list? I do. How do you know? So you know what you don't have. There are a few cards, usually for the most part higher end or some some things from the '90s that I do want. I don't share that because I feel like if I share that, that price on those may the go goose, up. The goose, yeah. Yep. And so yeah. I keep that pretty tight. But there are probably about 12 FARV cards I need, and then I can officially call it complete. I will not stop collecting FARV, but there are 12 cards that I would like that would satisfy my Brett FARV collection. Amazing. I showed you a Brett FARV card I had. Do you have that? There's only 13 of those. I don't. Okay. Well, that's a nice So one. I, I, I got, I've, I've got not huge bragging rights here with this awesome uh, Brett FARV collector, but. Uh, you know, like I said, I I picked up stuff contemporaneously, and so I just had that, and then I got it slabbed because it's probably. Do you get many of your cards slabbed? Or? I've never graded a card. Well, that's a that's. You hear that? Uh, BGS <laughs> take that as. A I have challenge. graded cards. I have graded cards, but I never graded them. So I have the PMG, the ninety nine PMG, yeah, in a graded nine, yeah. and I have the ninety seven PMG in a graded nine as well. So I think they're both uh, the highest grade that they've Arts. they've achieved. So they're beautiful, and I, I appreciate oh, when you can. Beautiful. Yeah. So, but I would say the best thing about Farb overall is. He was a gunslinger, but he had so much fun playing the game. And that's one thing I've taken from Brett in my life and my career. And even in the hobby, especially, is if you're not having fun, then you're not giving it to Brett. Well, and the other thing, I'm throwing you on here, but I mean, he, I, I believe your goal is the same as his goal to make the other people better. The people around you to... 100%. Yeah, and I that's going to serve you well as an agent. Well, and I think as, again, I became an NFL agent because I want to uplift people and help people and, and do what I could to lead them kind of to the promised land. And that was Brett's goal with Packers the Packers and Packer fans and anything he did, he always wanted to be that leader. And he did it in a very obscure way. A lot of yeah. leaders are very calculated and they're very buttoned up and they're the ones that are in the film room and studying and all these things. And I think Brett just did it through. That's not the doing. impression I have. He's a, he's a it's, it's sensory. It's, it's just in the moment. Yes. And, visceral. And that's you know, visceral. I'm <laughs> for my friends. No, I'm not obviously like that, but I'm trying to be, uh, you know, not too analytical and being retired now, it's easy to just look at the cards. So, for example, I don't know how many Brett Favre cards I have. I have a whole bunch and they're not perfectly organized. But now I found out that Jordan and I have at least one that you don't have and I may have a, a couple others. So we'll, we'll see if we can, uh, uh, compare notes at some point. But, uh, but, uh, who, what's your competition out there for Brett Favre stuff? There's there, a few there guys. Few that, there are a few others. And as you know, with some of the bigger cards, it only takes a couple others for those prices to double and get up there. So, exactly. um, the beauty is Favre is not Michael Jordan. So right. basketball has been crazy. Well, these PMGs are oh unbelievable. So you know, I know, but, but Favre was he, was and is huge. And, you know, Jordan was bigger, but the differentials there that, that the Jordan PMG is graded authentic. Right. And it's still one it's for It's a three something hundred thousand dollars. And so you're nine or whatever, but yours is, yours so, red, not green. The red is, the yeah, red is yeah. a nine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing I would say about that competition is it's fun to meet other Favre collectors. There's not a lot that go in just that niche of the nineties, yeah. but the, you know, the thing for me is there's enough for everybody. There's a few cards that of course, uh, I would like to have, but I'll find them. And if they're meant to be in my collection, they will. And if not, that's all right too. What about the cards from, uh, the current cards of Favre that are in the retro styles? Do you? I don't. You still, I really you still really want to anything limit after yourself. anything after two thousand. I'm not super into. I, I respect it. I appreciate it. I will pick it up if I see it. If I'm at the national and I see a couple cards, I might pay five or ten bucks. But I'm not looking to get in that. That's a slippery slope. As I mean, you, know. you can't go in the dollar boxes anymore, right? I mean, are you ever find anything? In the oh yeah, there's always some good stuff. You'll find. You'll find some farm stores for a buck. Yeah. And you don't have them, or you once in a while, or I still pick them up. I, I'm not afraid to get doubles. If it sings to me, okay. I buy it. 
We could, we, we, <laughs> the, the sing, card singing. That's, that's interesting. I don't know that cards sing to me, but, uh, I'm, I'm more visual in spite of this podcast than audio. When I look at the cards, they don't sing to me by me. Or but if I laid out 10 me. cards on the table and said, what one sings to you the most, you 100%. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the singing analogy, but I, you know, I'll look through cards and I'll immediately pick out the ones that I'm going to put in that, a separate stack. That means it sings to you. And I could do it pretty quick. So we're, we're using the metaphor of cards singing. So this has become a musical podcast here. Jordan, what other um, last minute thoughts do you have about uh, Brett Favre? I, I think he's highly collectible and you are you got in again at a reasonable time. I mean, even now there's people getting into it and and going deep and strong on some of these iconic players. Yeah, I think. But cards were way less even five years ago. They were. I mean, Brett is he's a legend. He's somebody that is a he was a marketable player, but he's also just this guy who seemed to be a really good dude and somebody yeah. that you really enjoyed watching play. And he's got a lot of fans. I remember seeing, hearing people that aren't even Packer fans, but they love Brett Favre. They appreciate yeah. what he brought to the game and and they forgive him. They have. Fair I would I would just say this. What Brett Favre has done for me as an inspiration to become an NFL agent, to collect his cards, and just to watch him as a Packer player, I would highly recommend and hope that a young kid or or even another collector finds their player and nurtures that relationship with that player in a way, whether it's buying their stuff or watching them play. And one base card can change everything. You know, I got right. one 1994 score Brett Favre, and now you know two decades Which later, I have one even, of the craziest collections yeah. of all time. That's yeah. a base card. And now, you know, for that to inspire me to now chase down yeah. some of the biggest Brett Favre cards on the planet is something that's super cool. So I encourage that love. I encourage nurturing that relationship and, and finding ways to, to buy things of that player or the poster or anything can be a catalyst for you to achieve whatever you're looking to do just based on a little inspiration from your favorite guy. Well, I enjoyed uh, talking about uh, John Elway with Tracy Hackler and uh, enjoyed hearing about Brett Favre from you, Jordan. And, uh, I think there's a Marino fan out there that will equal time and maybe even a Troy Aikman fan who might live uh, around here. So, again, thanks, listeners. Thanks, Jordan. Uh, very interesting episode. Uh, just uh, Jordan's got some amazing stuff, some good stories, and encourage you to uh, – how can the listeners uh, track you on uh, social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Jordan Hagedorn. Good. That's a good note to end on. Again, thank you, listeners. Be back tomorrow with another episode. The man-